Well, good morning. Hey, welcome to church. Good to have you here. My name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we begin a new series, this Explore God, which means you can all go back to hating your neighbors, right? <laughs> Is that right? Is that what you plan to do? I hope not. We've invested a couple of months into uh, considering the command of Jesus to love our neighbor as ourself and to, and to do well at that. So let's keep on loving our neighbors even as we move into this next series in which we are exploring God. How many of you have ever seen the Sistine Chapel? Anybody ever gone there? Oh, good. We've got some world travelers here. I've gotten to do this uh, myself on just an incredible uh, experience to go into the Vatican, uh, the capital there of the Catholic Church, and then this chapel we have on the ceiling of the chapel, this very famous painting by Michelangelo, 500 years ago, painted on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, this painting, which is the creation of Adam. And we see God's, and sometimes we even just see it depicted just as just this famous part here of just the hands reaching towards one another, trying to make contact, not quite there yet. This is one of the crown jewels of Renaissance art. It's one of the most famous paintings in the world. Raise your hand if you've ever seen a picture of this painting. Okay, you guys have seen this before, can you imagine creating something, some work of art or some tangible thing that 500 years later, people are still lining up to just take a look at? What do you think captures our attention about this image? Like what, what, what is it about the image that we find so Compelling. Why do people marvel at it 500 years after it was painted? I think it's just the outstretched arms, right? Man and God reaching toward each other. Not quite there, not quite there, but almost, almost there. And I, and I think it speaks to us because it's not just an illustration of something that happened once upon a time. It's not just an illustration of, of some story that's recorded in the Bible. I think we have some deep connection with what we see in this painting, these outstretched arms, because in us, we also have this deep longing. One of the deepest longings of the human heart to know God, to know the one who created us, to glimpse beyond what we can now see and hear into the deep meaning of the universe, to make contact with that which is a beyond our sense's ability to perceive. As long as humans have walked this earth, we've looked up to the stars and asked questions like, is there a God? Is God knowable? Does God know me? Does God hear me if I pray? Does God care about me? Does God judge me? Does God love me? Does God 
guide me? Now, we're told by many modern thinkers that we are actually just carbon-based matter, that life is a mere random occurrence of molecules which spontaneously formed into one-cell organisms, and then billions of years later and millions of accidental variations later, humankind just accidentally, luckily evolved into being. No, no designer behind that process. No grand intention, no purpose, just dumb luck. Organisms which exist by chance, random, spontaneous, one-cell amoebas plus billions of years of random changes, and then boom, you and your kids and everyone that you know and love. And then when we die, poof, we just cease to exist. Is that what you believe? Is that what you think to be true? Is that, does that form kind of this foundational um, layer on which you stand and your other thoughts are built? Or do you have deep inside you some conviction that life is more than pure accident, that we are more than pure luck in this universe? When you look at the complexity of the universe, the solar systems, when you look at the intricacies of your own bodies, of your, of your hands and the human brain and the human eye, when you observe the tenacity of the human spirit, the creativity of the human mind, the endurance of our love, many of us innately know that there's more to life than random accidents of carbon. We look up at the skies and we wonder, is there a God? Is there some intelligent designer, some grand force beyond and behind all of this? And might we make contact with that God? Look back at this painting, something that's always, uh, always frustrated me about this painting, about this image, is the lackadaisicalness with which Adam approaches the outreach to God, right? I just feel like, can't you do more than that, Adam? I mean, he's just kind of like, hey, God, are you there? <laughs> right? And he's just like, hey, I'm not going to get up and reach toward you because I'm comfortable here on my couch, and I'll just stay in my reclining position and like, hey, God, are you there? actually think, I mean, what do I want? What do, what do I want to see in the pictures? I want to see like somebody up on their tiptoes, like reaching up for God, you know, just straining, God, are you there? And just see this hand to the sky. That's what I want to see, right? But I kind of think Michelangelo's depiction might be a little bit more true to life, right? I mean, I think all of us have this, this yearning to make contact with God, but we also have this yearning to eat tacos, and to watch TV. And so we kind of yearn for God from the comfort of our lives. Are you there? I remember some of my half-hearted efforts to make contact with God. I was in junior high, and I was out 
throwing a football around in my yard. I had hung up a, a, a tire uh, on a rope from a tree, and I used to just practice throwing a, a football through the tire, and I almost never made it through. I was terrible. I, I, I would just miss all the time. But I had aspirations of grandeur. And I remember looking up to God and saying, God, if you're there, you can hear me, and my future is to be a professional NFL quarterback, then show me the sign and make this ball go through the tire. And I stood way far back, and I threw it. And it went perfectly through the tire. Unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe it. I could not possibly do that on my own. And I, and I laid down on the ground, and I was like, wow. And I basked in the glory of my future. As a, as a millionaire NFL quarterback, I thought, wow, this is unbelievable. God is real, and I'm going to go to the NFL. This is great. And I, as I'm chewing my gum, laying on the ground, like this is, this, is, this is amazing. I've made contact with the divine, and I have a grand future already in front of me. I don't even have to practice. <laughs> and, um, and then like 10 minutes later, I'm like basking in the glow of my new connection with God, and I, and I get a basketball, and there's a hoop. I'm not very good at basketball still, but um, I stand far back from the three-point line, and I, and, I, and I say to God, God, if you love me, let this ball go through the hoop. And I, and I dribbled once, and I shot. Air ball! Completely missed the hoop, missed everything. It just fell over by the trash cans. And I was crushed. And I, and I laid down on the ground again, this time in despair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a professional quarterback, and God's not going to root for me. <laughs> God doesn't love me. God hates me. I laid there in despair for about five minutes. And then I got up and I thought to myself, these signs from God are stupid. I'm going to go inside and make a plate of nachos. And so I did. And I pushed it out of my mind. And I decided there must be better ways to look for God. There must be other ways. How do you, how do you look for God? What, 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 would you describe your search for connection with God, to be someone straining up, tiptoes reaching up your hand, God, are you there? Or would it be laying on the couch, eating your plate of nachos, and be like, hey, God, are you there? No? Okay. No. I think a lot of times our, our lives look like this. We, we're distracted with many things, many things going on in our lives, we're very busy, we're working hard, you know, we're trying to, trying to raise kids, we're trying to, trying to make grades, we're trying to we're gonna get a promotion, you know, watching our finances, we're just kind of mowing our lawns, there's a lot, a lot going on in our lives. But every once in a while, we just kind of reach our hand up and, God, are you there? You know, your, your neighbors are the same way, your friends are the same way, whether they're in church or not in church. They're probably people who from time to time look up at the stars and say, God, are you there? Can you hear me? Longing to touch their maker. Next week, we particularly begin in earnest this Explore God series. We just start for the assumption that, you know what? People actually are asking questions. People actually do have an innate yearning to know God. But at the same time, they doubt God's existence. God, I want to know you, and I don't know if you're actually there. 
Maybe they just doubt their ability to know anything about God. Maybe some people just um, have a lot of reservations about organized religion. By the way, if that's you, if you're someone who's kind of a little leery of organized religion, I just want to encourage you to hang out with us for a while. You're going to find out we're not that organized, okay? <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably in the right place. On your, on your um, seat, you probably have this. It's been there for the last couple of weeks, and this will be the last week it's there, so I just want to encourage you to, uh, to grab it. And you'll see a list of questions. There. I want to just kind of walk you through a preview. This is going to be starting next week. I'm going to walk you through, this is what we're talking about on week one. Here's what we're talking about on week two, so you can have a sense of, of what's coming, where we're going. The first one is this. Next week's question is, does life have a purpose? Is it just to make money, to buy stuff, to eat stuff, and die? Or is there something more? Do we exist for a deeper purpose? Is there a grand meaning to it all? Then week two, we're going to ask the question, is there a God? Are we accidents or are we designed? Is there a great mind and power behind all that we see? Week three, we're going to ask, why does God, if there is a God, why does God allow pain and suffering? This is a question that probably everyone asks at some point. If there is a great Morally good, all-powerful God, why would that God allow all the suffering and injustice that we see in the world? Why wouldn't God just rush in and stop it and make a world that's pain-free and just and fair? Week four, we're going to ask the question, is Christianity too narrow? Some people are drawn to God and drawn to Jesus, but they're suspect of absolute claims, right? Anything that sounds exclusive doesn't feel right. Can't everybody just have their own truth? Who's to say whose truth is better than someone else's truth? So is Christianity narrow and exclusive? Week five, we're going to ask the question, is Jesus really God? I mean, how can a person be God? How do we know if Jesus was actually divine or just, you know, a great moral teacher, but just a person just like the rest of us? Week six, we're going to ask the question, is the Bible reliable? I mean, we talk about the Bible quite a lot here in church, and so many people base their lives on it. But what is the Bible after all? What makes it different from other books? Like, how do we know if people change the Bible over time to just make it say what they wanted to say? How can we trust the Bible that we have today? And week seven, can I know God personally? How? How, how could I actually know and have a relationship with someone I cannot see and I've not heard? Is it actually possible to know God? These are the seven questions of Explore God. It's a... It's a um, something that's coming to the Bay Area that we're doing in partnership with uh, many other churches. It's been done in other cities, and it's just a time for us to take a step back and just ask together the questions that a lot of people are asking in our society. And I just want to encourage you. You know what? I, 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 think, I think that many of you may be asking these questions, but I know for sure 
that, uh, that every one of you knows people who are asking these questions. And I want to encourage you to be brave. Now, I know most of the time when I'm like, hey, here's a card, invite someone, most of you think, okay, great, I'll take it, I'll put it in my car, and then I'll forget about it, right? That's your plan. I just want to encourage you to make a, make a braver plan. Um, uh, maybe a little bit of a risk to, to say to someone you know is kind of like, I don't know what I think about all this stuff. But if you're just to say, hey, you know what? I know that you are a smart, intelligent person that asks really good questions. And I just thought you might be interested in this because we're asking some of those questions too as a church and, uh, and we just want to invite you. Uh, I, I, don't, I really don't think uh, they're going to be that offended uh, if, you, if you can say it to them like that with affirmation and true uh, relationship. You just say, you know what, hey, uh, I, know that, I know this stuff might be on your mind. If, if, if you're curious about it here, we're, we're going to do that. And what we're going to do is we're going to have, uh, we're gonna have um, the message here on Sunday morning is going to be focused on that. And then we have discussion groups. So a number of our life groups, existing life groups, are going to be uh, doing those. But we also have some new groups, particularly if we have people who just kind of come in from the community and, and don't know people. Uh, we have discussion groups uh, right after church and other times during the week in which they can come and, uh, and just be with other people uh, asking those questions. So I just encourage you to, to invite people. What I want to do today is, is just focus in on the searching that we see in the Bible. The Bible is full of people searching and yearning for God. Just like we see depicted in that, in that painting of Adam, like kind of, kind of reaching out his hand. The Bible is a record of a vast number of people just like us with similar longings and similar questions, sometimes just grasping out in the darkness, sometimes out of places of great despair, longing to make contact with God. I want to start the scripture today by just looking at some examples of people search for God. These come from Psalms, which is a, uh, a book of prayers, a book of songs. Psalm 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me. Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Think how many of those questions are just reflected in that short prayer up to a God that the person praying could not feel. Psalm 63 you, God, are my God, and earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So many prayers like that of people just like us in the Bible that just prayed out, God, are you there? And the Bible also bears witness to a God who is findable. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. If, if it's you and that's where you're at, I just want to encourage you. Just ask God 
to reveal himself. Just say, God, are you there? Maybe don't throw a basketball. <laughs> but just say, Lord, in your own way, not in the way that I dictate, but Lord, in your own way, would you, would you make yourself known to me? Seek him with all your heart and soul, and you will find him, it says. Jeremiah 29, 13, or beginning in 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. The God who is findable. If you seek me, if you reach out to me with all your heart, I will be found by you. And then we see in Matthew 7, the words of Jesus. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The scripture tells us God is findable. There's one caveat here. The Bible does not tell us of a God who's findable purely on our own pursuit. We can't philosophize our way to God. We can't build a telescope big enough to see God. God must reveal himself to us. But the testimony of the Bible is, in fact, that he will. Ask, God will answer. Knock, God will open the door for you. Seek, and God will allow you to find him. We look back at this famous painting, and of course, there's this, there's this other half which I think is actually the more important half in the story, the more important half in the Bible, which is God reaching towards humanity. And we see here in this depiction that God is extending the greater effort. The lackadaisicalness of Adam can be contrasted with, with the straining arm of God, and you can see God flying towards humanity with his, the, the wind whipping his beard backwards as God strains towards humanity. God desires to touch Adam and to give him light and life that will raise him up above the carbon molecules and animal like existence, but make him truly human, made in the image of God, able to have a relationship with God. God straining towards humanity. The Bible tells us a story of God seeking people. In that same book of songs and prayers we call Psalms, we see in Psalm 40, 14, the Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Looking down. Is there anyone reaching up their hands? Anyone who's seeking God? I'm looking for those people. We have stories in the Bible of God looking for Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam, where are you? God appearing to Abraham. God appearing to Moses. God appearing to people over and over again, revealing himself, calling people into relationship with God. 
And then we have in the New Testament, that second part of the Bible, Jesus speaks of God's pursuit of people. Look in Matthew 18. Jesus says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he's happier with that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should perish. Jesus tells us of a God who is a good shepherd, who's aware of his sheep and aware of the ones who wander off and extends great effort to chase after the lost sheep, that the God cares for us like a father for children, like a shepherd for sheep, The Bible records a God constantly in pursuit of us. And then we have stories in the Bible of people reaching up for God and God reaching down to them and them coming together and them meeting in a relationship. I'll just share with you one one story today about someone named Zacchaeus. This was a man seeking God and God seeking man, and the meeting together. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He's collecting taxes for the foreign Roman government, which has invaded and taken over this area. So he's collecting taxes from his own people to go pay the invaders. Well, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. All right, so start, let's pause there. What do we know about Zach? He's rich. We know that he's a real schmuck, okay? He got rich off helping an invading army collect taxes from his own people. What a schmuck. And he was short, like picture like Danny DeVito, okay? (laughs) But he wanted to find God. The short, rich schmuck climbed a tree. And that gives us an image that's more like the straining hand. He's like, I want to, I'm trying to find Jesus. I've heard about this Jesus, maybe the son of God. And he, he climbs a tree, not like lazy Adam on the couch. There's something inspirational about this little schmuck. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up, and he saw a dude in a tree. And he said to him, Zacchaeus. Apparently he knows his name. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. We hate this guy. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody of anything, I will pay back 
four times the amount. All the money that I stole from people, I'm going to give them back times four. And Jesus said to him, today's salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man, which is Jesus, son of God, for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. The little schmuck was up on top of a tree full of all his uh, sin and all his abuse of the people around him. But something in him led him to strain upward, to climb that sycamore tree and to reach up his hand looking for God. And there Jesus sees him and knows his name and calls him by name, goes to his house and says, I've been looking for you. I came here for you, for I am here to seek and save the lost. And so we put these stories together and we have a story of all of humanity. We're reaching up, reaching up to the heavens. God, are you there? Do you know me? Do you hear me? And we have a God who is straining even more, reaching for us, searching for us, knowing us by name, knowing when we've wandered off and reaching out his hand to touch us, to embrace us, to know us, to love us and to redeem us from all the wrong ways and bring us into a more vibrant life, even an eternal life. I don't know how you feel right now in your connection. Do you feel like, do you feel like you've, are you holding God's hand? Do you feel like you've made contact? God, God hears your prayers and, and, and you know he's there. Or do you feel far from God and he's kind of a veil before your eyes? Is he there do you feel like you're close, you're reaching, and you, you feel like, you have, where, where are you? Where are you in this? Come along for the ride with us. Come along for the ride these next couple of months as we, uh, as we explore these topics. Do you know someone who might feel far from God but, is, but asks great questions, wants to know what's behind the veil of the universe? Would you invite them? Would you come and bring them here to be part of us? Would you be willing to invite them on this journey. Now, just to encourage us, um, I, 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 just, I thought of this just on Friday, and I, I just texted some pastors, uh, friends of mine from what's called the Transforming the Bay with Christ uh, Network that I've been a, a part of the last year uh, that are also doing this Explore God series. I just said, hey, would you guys be willing to just send us a, a, a little uh, greeting uh, just to encourage my church as we, as we head into this. And so we got, a few of them got back to me, and I think we have those. Let's, let's roll those now. Well, hey, Christ community. This is uh, Larry Davis at Northgate in Benicia in the Bay Area. I just wanted to tell you that um, our, our faith community has actually been praying for your faith community uh, by name. Uh, they have you on a list. We've been fasting for Thursdays now, um, just praying to see... Um, the kingdom come in this place and God's will be done. And, you know, through this thing we're doing together as we unify and really talk about apologetics and lean into those friends and family members and coworkers and classmates and, um, you know, fellow neighboring neighbors uh, and invite them into a space where we can have a safe conversation. I cannot tell you how powerful it is to continue to dream and think of 
um, the work that you're doing in your faith community and the work that's happening here and it's all happening at the very same time. Um, what a gift that that is. I know one thing that we've really been hanging on to is this little phrase, which is, what if it works? And so may that encourage you today. What if it works? What if unity actually works? What if kingdom like-minded people actually work? That's good. Let's get it. Love you guys. And uh, look forward to hearing from you all soon. Hey, Christ Community Church. Uh, my name is Brian Leong. I'm a pastor at Lord's Grace Christian Church just across 237 in Mountain View. We're excited to be joining you for Explore God during this season. And, um, you know, I really think God's pouring some new wine here in the Bay Area. And it just needs some new wineskins to be ready to receive it. And, um we're glad to be part of you and 150 other churches in the Bay Area, just sharing the gospel to people who are coming out of the pandemic and wondering what the purpose of life is. Um, we have the answers. Let's share it with them. Amen. Hey, Christ community. Daniel Husky here with City Parish in Petaluma. Uh, so excited to have you guys joining us and 150 plus other churches from across the Bay doing Explore God. What? Uh, an amazing opportunity and moment that we're asking the Lord to just move in a mighty way as people in and around the Bay Area are asking good, hard questions uh, about who he is and what he's done on our behalf. What an invitation to explore the beautiful uh, reality-altering nature of the gospel. So, so excited to have you guys joining us. We're praying with and for you and just eager to see what the Lord's going to do over the next eight weeks. God bless you. Hey, Christ community of Milpitas. My name is Gary Gadini. I work with TBC, Transforming the Bay with Christ. And we are the ones hosting uh, Explore God with over 172 churches all over the Bay Area. And that's some dude bombing my video right now. <laughs> anyway, I'm in the Denver airport, and I just want to say I am so thankful that you're joining all these churches and doing Explore God. My encouragement, go for it. Invite like mad. And let's trust God for great things. All right. Oh, and by the way, you have a great pastor. I love that, oh, man. Thank okay. you, Gary. God bless you. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> yeah. That guy, uh, the guy bombing the video didn't know how successful he would be uh, getting the word out. One thing I learned from the video, I got to get, get some cooler glasses, too. But isn't it fun to know that we're not doing this by ourselves? There are people all over the place. There's people praying for us. Let's be praying for them. And let's be praying that God just does a, a, a mighty move in the Bay Area and that just many, many people uh, come to know him and, and come, to, come to walk with their maker. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for, um, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being there, for being real, for, for being findable, for finding us. Uh, Lord, we just pray that we'd, we'd be open to you, that we'd, you'd, uh, uh, we pray that many in this room would just come to know you in a much deeper, deeper way and have some breakthroughs in their own quest. Um, we pray that we would be brave. We pray that many of our friends would come to know you. And, uh, and we just thank you. We thank you for loving us and for making yourself known. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining uh, us today. It means a lot to have you here. Uh, if you'd like prayer for any reason, uh, we've got people right over here. They're ready to pray for you. Anything at all going on in your life, uh, they would love to pray for you. Uh, we invite you to just uh, hang out, fellowship on the patio. Uh, youth, uh, I hope you've, you've, you've got your little cards. You can, there's a hangout time for you with some cool drinks over there. And uh, we're just grateful for, for all of you. Um, may, uh, may greater things uh, come to this city. 
may, uh, may God not be finished with his work here. Uh, may, may God move uh, and may we be a part of it. And now may that God, that great God of the universe who seeks you and loves you and calls you his child, calls you his sheep, sent his son to seek and save that which is lost. May, may you know this God. May you, may you find him. May you be found by him. May you know that he hears you when you pray. Go in peace.